I was looked at as kind of the, the weird little girl because I, I like math and science. I'm drawn to logic. And I've had to learn over the years that the people part of it is just as important. What makes an idea or something worthy of being patented. Many times people feel like they have like the next best thing. And there's so much that goes into it. Or how do you find these people to give you that feedback or to help you grow? You are not limited by the circumstances mm. into which you were born. I'm Valerie Davis and you're listening to Tech Legacies Podcast. Welcome to the Tech Legacies video podcast, where every episode we come to you featuring executives in the tech industry, sharing their advice and insights to help you grow your career in tech. And this episode, we have Valerie Davis, Senior Patent Counsel at Texas Instrument. Welcome, Valerie. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Fanny. Yeah, thanks for joining me. So I, I'm just going to dive straight into it because I always feel like I want to kind of see what was a pivotal piece of advice that kind of helped your career. So when I think about it, it really was to never forget where I came from. Mm. And for me, that was pivotal because it helped to remind me that all the things that happened shaped me, shape who I am today. They contribute to who I'm going to be tomorrow. And remembering that helps me to kind of keep grounded. I like that. So speaking of where you came from, like, <laughs> you know, growing up, did you always want to be a lawyer? Where, where did that dream come from? It's an interesting journey. So the, the answer to your question is no. I did not always <laughs> want to be a lawyer. But what I did always love was math and science from as early as I can remember, actually. And I was looked at as kind of the, the weird little girl because I, I liked math and science. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't appreciate how much of me that was when that early on, but I did know that that's what I love. So that's what I, I wanted to go to college, even though that's not what I saw around me. I wanted to go to college and I wanted to do something dealing with math and or science. And that led in college, once I got my electrical engineering degree, an introduction to uh, patent law, something I had never heard before until I was about 20 years old. Uh -huh. And that started me on my journey. So it was a being a particular type of, of lawyer. Nice. Where do you think you got your love of math and science from? It, it, it was just there. It really was just there. I, I think that I, there's a, a strong logic part to me that's, that's much stronger, I should say, than, than the people person side of me naturally, right? Naturally, I'm drawn to logic. And I've had to learn over the years that the people part of it is just as important. Yeah, especially probably in law, right? Yeah, especially in law. <laughs> what, what converted you, though, from engineering to patents? Because it's, it's not really that big of a jump. Because you have to learn, you have to understand the technology portion of it in order to do your job well as a patent attorney, because that, that's really what we do. 
we sit there and talk to engineers about what wonderful thing they created and then we put it on paper and we get a patent for our client. So really that understanding piece of it that was really intriguing to me, it, that continues on, which is why I think I really love my job because I get to see that day in and day out, whether I'm reviewing someone else's work or writing things up myself or just talking to the engineer, building relationships, understanding the business, whatever, it all has to do with technology for me. You know, I know so little about patents, but I'm very curious what makes an idea or something worthy of being patented? So I can give you the, uh, the technical piece of it, <laughs> but really it's something that, that's different, right? That's novel, that's different, and that's not, we call it not obvious, and that can mean a lot of different things, but it really is about innovation, right? It, and it, it doesn't have to be something that is groundbreaking. It may be the smallest thing, but it gives you some benefit that you're looking for in your technology. And that, that's really what we look for. And is, it a, is there like a gut feel to it as to whether you think that it's gonna become something very significant or is there just tons and tons of research <laughs> that goes into it? Like, it? It's more along the lines of, of the latter, uh -huh. right? Because yeah. you, uh, uh, many times people feel like they have like the next best thing. And yeah. I hear this all the time, especially from family. Uh -huh. like, I, I have this great idea. Like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Keep doing that. But yeah, there's so much that goes into it and understanding sometimes the market, there are searches that are done so once you file this paperwork with the patent office, they do their own research and they come back and they tell you, you know, whether they think they found something that might keep you from getting a patent. So, and then there's this back and forth that you go where you're trying to prove that, yes, we do have something new. So I, I think it really is the latter, more of the research and comparing what you believe to be your invention to what's already out there. Was there something, an invention that like left a huge impression on you or that you're like, that's genius or something <laughs> like that? Well, I, I'll tell you one that was really cool yeah. to work on. So when I was at Motorola, I worked on um, the beginnings of the technology inside of the, the Google Glasses. So this was at the time where there was the transition between um, there was Google bought out some portions of the company. And so, yeah, in, in that interim time when they were working on the early stages of the technology, I got a chance to work on that. So that was pretty yeah. cool. And then way back again, when I was working with Motorola, when LTE, now we're, you know, 5G looking mm -hmm. towards 6G, but when LTE first came out, I was working on a lot of the technology behind that as well. So that was pretty interesting. That's cool. And like, as you kind of went up your career to now senior patent counsel, was there any low points in your career that you kind of had to navigate out of or struggled <laughs> with, but now learn something from? Yes, yes. So. Just without going into a lot of detail, sure. there was a point in my life where I had like some, some significant challenges. 
personally, mm -hmm. and I wasn't in my field for a while. And that, it was just a challenging time in life. And so my career also suffered mm -hmm. during that time. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing that kept me going, well, first and foremost is, was my faith during that time. That was like, that was everything mm -hmm. for me. And, yeah. and secondly, it was just really holding on to the fact that I have this training, right? Mm -hmm. This valuable training. And that's something that no matter what goes on in my life that no one can ever take away, right? Yeah. They cannot take away what's going on in here, what's embedded in there and how I apply that. They can't, nobody can ever take away kind of my attitude towards life. And so that that's what kept me going. And also then people seeing that piece of me, mm -hmm. right? And willing to give me opportunities because of that. So that I think was, was a really good lesson learned that no matter what happens in your life, because things do happen, right? We yeah. cannot control a lot of things that happen, but what we can control is our attitude first and foremost, right? How we perceive those things that happen to us. Mm -hmm. And then second of all, how we continue to build up our knowledge base and also our emotional intelligence, right? We can always control those things. Any advice on how to build those up that's worked for you? The emotional intelligence as well as knowledge base? Introspection is one. It, I tell you, it's so important for you to understand where you are at any given time in terms of what your strengths are and what your limitations are. And the thing is, you, you can't do it in a vacuum. Mm. You have to be reflected through other people's eyes, right? Because you, you can only see so much yeah. of, of who you are. So part of it is internal, right? Understanding where you came from, kind of how you build on your strengths, your natural strengths, what you need to supplement those with. Mm -hmm. But another big piece of it is how you show up in the world to other people. Because you could be thinking one thing <laughs> in your mind and you're showing up completely differently to other people. So I think those two things, and then just continuing to be curious, right? You hear about something and go read about it, go research it, go talk to some people. But that curiosity and I think that helps me at work as well because I'm just always curious it's yeah. like oh what did you really do and asking the questions ask lots of questions right and get lots of input because you just learn so much that way and and you get a chance to grow as well is that something along the lines of mentorship or how do you find these people to give you that feedback or to help you grow well one way is by being involved in organizations I found my mentor through ATW, Alliance of Technology and Women. Um, they, so being out there and just talking to people and being courageous enough to ask someone. And that's what happened to me. I was just courageous enough. I, now, th this was one thing that was kind of a feeling with this person. It was sort of like, I really like her and I love to connect with her. But I... I was a little nervous about it, but then I just said, you know what? All I can do is ask and see what happens. And I mm. did, and she goes, oh, absolutely. Oh. 
And that was a start of just a wonderful relationship, friendship, mentorship. And so, yeah, you, you really ha you have to ask. You have to make sure that the person kind of, you two align with your personalities and maybe a little bit of your background mm -hmm. where you can connect, right? But uh, otherwise, it, it's really about you. At some point, you just have to ask mm -hmm. the question and be willing to listen to the feedback. And follow up properly. And follow up on the yes. feedback. And, and when you have a good coach, mentor, they will they will make sure that um, that you're 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 following up. Right. They'll ask you. <laughs> yeah. Now you mentioned Alliance of Technology and Women. And for those viewers out there or listeners out there that don't know about ATW, what how would you describe it? Oh my goodness. So I could give you, you know, what our mission statement is, but really I'm going to say that ATW is an inclusive environment that really supports the growth of girls and women in technology and leadership. So not just technology, but the leadership component as well. And it's, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but it's such a warm place to be because you're in a place, first of all, some of you like me may spend a large part of your day and your career in an environment where there are very few women. Absolutely. And that can be discouraging or lonely sometimes, right? No matter how thick skinned you are, yeah. when you look around and it's just you or maybe you and one other female, it just, it just kind of, it's not as encouraging, but in this environment, you see women doing all kinds of things, mm -hmm. right? In technology yeah. and in leadership. And it just inspires you to just keep pushing. I wanna pause real quick here and give a special shout out to one of our sponsors, CG Infinity. I've worked with them for several years now, and I can truly say that they have one of the best workplace cultures that I've ever experienced. And they specialize in a variety of industries, especially energy, utilities, and financial services. And they serve them through their Salesforce, cloud, as well as customer experience services. So thank you, CG Infinity and I hope you'll support them as they have supported us here at the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for those of you out there, make sure you check out dfwatw.org because uh, I've found a place, when I, whenever I'm there, I, you're right, I don't feel as alone almost, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. even if we have the most supportive men and male Model, like role models around us. Thank I do. you, allies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, allies. Um, there's still something that I think sometimes only a woman understands, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, um, I know something that you and I talk about is sometimes we have those moments of self-doubt or um, moments of a lack of confidence and throughout our career, right? Mm -hmm. Navigating those ups and downs have you kind of experienced that and any advice you would have for, for other women that go through that? I think that, and this is from talking with other women in all different types of positions, 
we all experience that. And that was one thing that I didn't understand fully until I started speaking more with mentors and, and leaders in the industry and listening to their stories. And that's, I think that's a part of human nature. At least this is what I get from them, that we're not alone in that feeling of you step into a new role and you're overwhelmed and you're just like, what in the world am I doing here, right? How did I get picked? (laughs) And the whole thing about people hear about imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. right? That that is real. And what, what I've learned from that is that all it does is it's telling me that I'm pushing myself beyond what I thought was possible, mm-hmm. beyond what I thought my boundaries were. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's the yeah. only way that you can grow, right? Yep. And, and just having a support network, like a mentor or a coach or your cheerleaders, right? The people who are just always there to cheer you on and tell you how wonderful you are and remind you of the things that you've mm-hmm. accomplished those are the things for me that have helped me to get beyond that point in time because the truth your your mind will easily tell you all the the negative things right all the things that you can't do but it takes you again having someone to reflect back to you Mm -hmm. how you show up in the world and the things that you you've done already to remind you of what's possible Yeah, and especially when, you know, growth only happens when we're kind of in that uncomfortable (laughs) transition stage. Growth doesn't happen when we're comfortable. No. Uh, And like, for instance, I know this is your, you're celebrating your kind of like one year anniversary as president of ATW. Any leadership lessons you learned along the way from this? Oh my God. So there's, there's, there's a few. So one is really leading, leading by example and leading with empathy as well. That becomes so important. And it, it takes me back to remember I talked about how I'm very logic driven. Yeah. That is not going to get you very far in terms of just that in, in a leadership scenario. Yeah because you have to be a real person for people. And, and even as you lead and even as you have hard conversations, you have to understand where people are and you have to understand the people who you lead so that not only are you helping them to work with you to, to, to reach a certain goal or to accomplish certain things, but also so that they grow. Right, and so that you grow. And leadership really is about not only influence, but helping others to grow. And I think that was one of the biggest things that I've learned. And the second thing is that things don't happen right away. Just because things aren't changing as quickly as you think, it doesn't mean they're not changing. And it doesn't mean they're not going in the direction that you want them to grow. So patience, is a huge thing I think with with leadership and and just being persistent being mm-hmm. persistent and understanding kind of the ultimate goal of where you're trying to take your organization or your team and just continuing in in that direction and I think that also kind of defuncts a lot of myths around technologists where 
you know, it's not always logic that wins, right? And it's not always, um, you know, you doing it yourself. Like it's, it takes that empathy. It takes that team. Um, and then, you know, being in these highly technical kind of fields and needing absolute precision and accuracy, have you found that people then um, may not embrace failure as much, <laughs> right? Because you're, you're in patents, right? There, for every patent that gets approved, I'm sure there are like 50, 100 failures, right? How do you work in these highly specific things and yet still embrace that kind of failure in the culture? That, that is a really good question. And it's one that I struggle with myself that I had, and it's kind of a balance, right? You understand that precision and the drive towards the best is where you wanna be, but at the same time, yeah. you also have to realize that along the way, you know, you learn through those failures. Yeah. You learn through those, those trying and it doesn't turn out exactly the way that you want it to, but that that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And some company environments are like that where they encourage people mm -hmm. to just try things. Mm -hmm. And I think that mentality when it's supported in your culture is really, really helpful for growth and leadership because when you're leading, things go awry. Mm -hmm. Things do not turn yes. out the way that you expect. But then at the same time, you also see that when the team is rallying together mm -hmm. and everybody is mm -hmm. putting in everything that they have, you get some beautiful things out of that that you never expected. It may not have, be, may not have been what you had planned for, yeah. but sometimes it's even better. So setting aside that time and then that acceptance of potential failures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and just accepting it as part of the process, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't mean anything in terms of who you are as a person, mm -hmm. not even necessarily who you are as a leader or how effective you are as a leader. It just means that that particular thing didn't work. Maybe you found out some, some, uh, some input or parameters or things like that that you didn't know before. Right, that impacted what your result was. But now you know what that is and you can pivot and incorporate those things and come out even better. Mm -hmm. So it, just not thinking of failure as failure, but just as a learning opportunity and never taking it personally. <laughs> so hard to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as far as you obviously give back to your community through ATW, are there other suggestions that you have for, for our audience in terms of getting more involved in their community and, and developing that knowledge base and, mm -hmm. and the network as well? So really think about what, what drives your passion, mm. right? For me personally, it was wanting to create opportunities because I came out of an environment where there were not opportunities mm. and people gave me opportunities and I so appreciated that but at the same time that never forget where you came from yeah. advice right going back to that I can see the struggles of the community as a whole that I came from and that that never leaves me mm -hmm. because I see a segment of the population who just don't have opportunities mm -hmm. 
and it, it's just the way that the way that it is right now. And so whatever I can do to change that is what I want to do. And ATW is a vehicle that allows me to do that. Not only does it allow me to kind of do the grassroots type of things with like our I Lead in STEM program. That's a program that introduces a lot of young girls who are in underserved communities to, to STEM program and also leadership. So it, it, I can give back that way, but also being an example of what we talked about of your, what did I say to you, Fanny? Um, your, I can't remember. It was something about um, you are, oh yes, that you are not limited by the circumstances mm. into which you were born. Mm. You're just not. Yeah. And just helping young girls or helping women who are thinking about going into technology because with our, uh, our Ignite program, this is helping women who are underemployed or unemployed to transition into technology. And many of them have never, they don't have a technology background and they have never been in technology, but giving them those tools and certifications to be able to do that and being able to contribute to an environment like that where opportunity is provided to people who would not have it is something that's dear to me. So that that's how I got involved with ATW and why I got so personally invested in it because it touched on a passion of mine. And I would suggest the same thing for people who are wanting to meet people and grow and and, and contribute to their community is find something that aligns with whatever passion you have. Absolutely. And I think I met some of those women from your, um, what was the name of the program for the- Ignite. Ignite. Mm -hmm. and, and for them, it's a second career. It's yes. a, or a third career. It's a career after being a stay-at-home mom. I was yep. a stay-at-home mom for a while. And I remember feeling super lost when I was trying to like get back into the mm -hmm. workforce. And you know, if someone is out there listening right now that's in that situation, what would you say to them? They're kind of lost, they're not sure what to do with the second half of life or, you know, what would you say to them? I would say to them that it is never too late to start over, start anew, start differently. It is never too late. Don't think that you're too old. Don't think that too many things have happened in your life. It really, and, and I say that with all honesty, it, it is never too late. Yeah. It is never too late. And just having the courage mm -hmm. to say to yourself, you know what, I'm not gonna give up. I'm going to keep pushing forward. That's the thing that's gonna pull you through to, to something different and something and something wonderful. And I also want to say that for a lot of those women, it's not only a change of career, it's a change in their family tree. Mm. Oh. That and that's- It gives me shivers. It yes. really is because it, it was that way with, with me coming out of the inner city in an underserved community. No one in my family had gone to college in my immediate family. We did not have engineers. We did not have lawyers, nothing like that. So me doing what I did and the people along the way who helped me with that really have helped to change my family tree. 
and it doesn't stop with me. My son now wants to go to medical school. And again, that's a, another change in the family tree. We don't have doctors mm -hmm. in our mm -hmm. family, but just, and that came from really people opening up doors for me. Yeah. Because they saw someone who was determined, someone who wanted to grow. And that's what people, people look at. They don't look at whether or not you're perfect. They look at whether or not you have a, a desire yeah. and a willingness to do something more than what you've done before. And there are a lot of people who will give an opportunity to someone like that. That drive. Yep. We feel it when someone yeah, is driven. Exactly. Right? And we want to like be part of that. Yes, wagon. absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Valerie, as you kind of navigate this, you know, the rest of your career even and the impact you want to make, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? I think that I really want to be known for someone who who cares about others and who cares about their growth and who does everything she she can to help provide opportunities. Yeah. There are so many people I think who have these hidden talents yeah. because I think we're all born with gifting, right? We're all born with something innate that if developed we can really contribute to our society, the well-being of our families and the well-being of others. And I want to be known as someone who used her talents and her resources to help bring that about for as many people as I can. Yeah. And when you kind of look back at the the 12-year-old girl, the 12-year-old Valerie that was <laughs> that loved science and math, if she were to see you now, what do you think she would say? You know, I, I think she'd be proud of me because first of all, I'm still loving math and science. Mm. <laughs> and I get to work, I get to work with it, right? I get yeah. to work with yeah. high tech and understand these interesting inventions. So that curiosity is satisfied all mm -hmm. the time, but also that I stay courageous, mm -hmm. right? I continue to press forward and to uncharted waters, at least for me yeah. anyway. And I, I never stopped doing that. Mm, beautiful. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you for sharing your advice, your wisdom, your heart with Aww. our audience. And for those of you out there, be sure to connect and find Valerie on LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> Valerie Davis. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Tech Legacies. And if you're listening to this on our podcast platforms, be sure to leave a feedback and suggestions as to what kind of questions you want me to be asking our executives. So thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode of Tech Legacies. At Tech Legacies, we're all about helping technology professionals grow and succeed in their careers by sharing the advice of top technology executives. If you're looking to take your career to the next level and become a technology executive yourself, we have an exciting program to tell you about. It's called the Tech CXO 
Excellence Program by Tech CXO Launchpad, and they are our partners. They're offering an immersive, multimodal program developed and taught by current and former CIOs and CTOs who are passionate about building the next generation of C-suite technology executives. And you'll experience a full immersion into the C-suite world and also get to collaborate, network, and experience capstone-style projects with other professionals. And this is all while benefiting from face-to-face -face interactions in person with industry guest speakers. It is exclusively for a new level of C-suite executives and C-level direct reports and second directs who are earmarked for succession planning and career growth. To join their waitlist, register your interests at www.techcxolaunchpad.com. That's techcxolaunchpad.com. This program has everything you need to take your career to the next level.